As part of the 2016 Kenyan Empowerment Initiative, UBC will be hosting a screening of Poverty Inc., the award-winning documentary that looks at how our role in the West impacts those in poverty in developing countries. Come out on January 25th at 7 to the Norman Bouchard Memorial Theatre. Tickets are $10 at the door or online at Eventbrite. Come see the powerful and uncompromising film about the business of poverty. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Canadian Broadcasting System and its affiliated stations present Sarah Lapsley and the Mercury Theatre on the Air in the War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. We now know that in the early years of the 21st century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than our own, and yet as mortal as our own. We now know that as human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied, perhaps almost as narrowly as a man with a microscope might scrutinize the transient creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. With infinite complacence, people went to and fro over the earth about their little affairs, serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small spinning fragment of solar driftwood, which by chance or design man has inherited out of the dark mystery of time and space. Yet, across an immense ethereal gulf, minds that to our minds, as ours are to the beasts in the jungle, intellects vast, cool, and unsympathetic, regarded this earth with envious eyes, and slowly and surely drew their plans against us. In the 16th year of the 21st century, came the great disillusionment. It was near the end of January. Spirits were up. Trudeau was prime minister. A greater tolerance was in the air. The Canadian Broadcasting Service estimated that 32 million people were listening in on their radios. And now, a weather report from our Eastern correspondent, Frankie McDonald. This is Frankie McDonald, my own TV station live in Sydney, Nova Scotia. Massive storm is headed towards Nova Scotia on Saturday, January the 16th, 2016. During the evening hours, it's going to bring up to 20 to 30 centimeters of snow in Nova Scotia. And more than 30 centimeters of snow it will happen, especially in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and Sydney, Nova Scotia as well. It's going to bring a lot of snow, very strong winds. It's going to bring blowing and drifting snow, white oak conditions, reduced visibilities. It's going to bring a lot of snow drifts on the ground in Nova Scotia on Saturday, January 16th, 2016. During the evening hours, it's going to bring a lot of snow. There will be big waves crashing on the shores, especially in Shelburne, Nova Scotia, and Yarmouth, Nova Scotia as well. Since the low pressure system is going to intensify off the east coast of the United States, that's going to bring Wind drifted snow in Nova Scotia on Saturday, January 16th, 2016. It's going to bring a ton of snow, very strong winds, drive will be treacherous, streets, roads, highways, and trans Canada Highway will be snow covered as well. It's going to bring blizzard conditions, blowing and drifted snow, white oak conditions. The same major storm is going to hit 
Prince Edward Island, including Summerside and Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, and New Brunswick as well. People in Nova Scotia, be prepared. Hands your winter boots ready, winter jackets ready, hats and gloves and scarves, key pants is ready. Order your pizzas and order your Chinese food. Buy cases of Pepsi, buy cases of Coke. Do your grocery shopping. Don't wait till the last minute. Do it right now. Have your iPad search. Have your iPod search. Have your cell phone search. Have your laptop search. Have your tablet search. Have your trees before it's ready. When you drive the car, take your time to drive the car. Be very careful so you don't get into car accidents and slow down. When you go for a walk, be very careful walking so you don't slip and fall. Thank you, Frankie. And now to some live music. We are rebroadcasting our supergroup pop punk concert live from the Bowery Ballroom in New York City. So we'll take you now to the Bob Mould Band. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of pop-punk music to bring you some breaking news from the Intercontinental Radio News. At 20 minutes before 10 Pacific Standard Time, there have been several explosions of incandescent gas occurring at regular intervals on the planet Mars. The spectroscope indicates the gas to be hydrogen and moving towards the Earth with enormous velocity. The The phenomenon has been described as like a jet of blue shame flame shot from a gun. We now return you to the music of the Bob Mould Band live from the Bowery Ballroom in New York City.
Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM. Following the breaking news of an explosion of hydrogen gas on Mars, the Government Meteorological Bureau has requested that the large observatories of the country keep an astronomical watch on any further disturbances occurring on the planet Mars. Due to the unusual nature of this occurrence, we have arranged an interview with noted astronomer Professor Maxwell, who will give us more information on the events after this public service. For over 30 years, there has been one voice in the local Vancouver art scene that has stood above the rest, and that's Discorder, that conspiracy, punk rock, foxcore, sassy, still-publishing magazine from CITR. We're one of the established and trusted voices of Vancouver's music and arts culture in the Lower Mainland, with 8,000 copies distributed monthly to over 135 distribution locations, from the Lido to Zulu Records. Discorder is one of a few magazines published by a community radio station, and we only serve up the freshest local and Canadian goods. We have interviews with artists, album reviews, live show reviews, and articles about everything important to our crazy, unique, varied, and amazing culture in Vancouver and across the country. Pick up your free copy of Discorder today or sign up to have it delivered to your door wherever you are. Check out our website for distribution locations and all the information about advertising and getting involved. We are on the line with Professor Maxwell from the Gonzalez Observatory in Victoria, B.C. Professor, would you please tell our radio audience exactly what you see as you observe the planet Mars through your telescope? Nothing unusual at the moment, Sarah. A red disk swimming in a blue sea, traversed lights across the disk, quite distinct now because Mars happens to be the point nearest the Earth, in opposition, as we call it. In your opinion, what do these transverse stripes signify, Professor Maxwell? Not canals, I assure you, Sarah, although that is the popular conjecture of those who imagine Mars to be inhabited. From a scientific standpoint, the stripes are merely the result of atmospheric conditions peculiar to the planet. Then you're quite convinced as a scientist that living intelligence as we know it does not exist on Mars? I'd say the chances against it are a thousand to one. And yet, how do you account for the gas eruptions occurring on the surface of the planet at regular intervals? Sarah, I just can't account for it. By the way, Professor, for the benefit of our listeners, how far is Mars from Earth? Approximately 40 million miles. Well, that seems like a safe enough distance. Ladies and gentlemen, we have another piece of breaking news. A shock of massive intensity has been reported coming from a 20-mile radius around the Wilmoth Farm in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Initial reports suggested it's probably a meteorite of unusual size. Dr. Maxwell, do you think that this occurrence could have something to do with the disturbances observed on the planet Mars? It's difficult to say with such limited information. Thank you, Dr. Maxwell. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM. Ladies and gentlemen, continuing with our breaking news, here is the latest update from the Intercontinental Radio News. A total of three explosions have occurred on the planet Mars. Closer to home, we can confirm earlier reports that at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, a huge flaming object believed to be a meteorite fell on the Wilmoth Farm just 20 kilometers from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. We will be trying to get you more information directly from the scene. In the meantime, we'll take you back to the Bowery Ballroom in New York City for our supergroup pop-punk live music concert. This is the Black Keys.
We've been following breaking news. Three mysterious explosions have been observed on the planet Mars. We do confirm reports that a meteorite has fallen near Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. We take you now to a correspondent who is on the scene at the site of the meteorite crash at Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Professor Pearson, an internationally renowned astronomer from the University of Saskatchewan. Professor Pearson? Do you hear it? There's a curious humming sound that seems to come from inside the object. I'll, I'll move the microphone nearer. Now we're not more than 25 feet away. Can you hear it now? Oh, Sarah. Yes? Can you tell us something about the meaning of the scraping noise inside the thing? Possibly the unequal cooking of its surface. I see. Do you still think it's a meteor, Professor? I don't know what to think. The metal casing is definitely extraterrestrial, not found on this Earth. Friction with the Earth's atmosphere usually tears holes in a meteorite. <coughs> Pardon me. This thing is smooth and of cylindrical shape. Just a minute. Something's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is terrific. The end of the thing is beginning to flake off. The top is beginning to rotate like a screw. The thing must be hollow. Oh God, she's moving. Keep back there, keep back there, I tell you. Maybe there's men in it trying to escape. It's red hot. They'll burn to a cinder. Keep back there! Keep those idiots back! She's off! The top's loose. Look out there! Stand back! Stand back! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most terrifying thing I've ever witnessed. Wait a minute. Someone's crawling out of the hollow top. Someone or some thing. I can see peering out of that black hole, two luminous disks. Are they eyes? It might be a face. It might be. Good heavens, something is wriggling out of the shadow like a gray snake. Now it's another one. And another one. They look like tentacles to me. There, I can see the thing's body. It's large, as large as a bear. And it glistens like wet leather. But that face, ladies and gentlemen, it's indescribable. I can hardly force myself to keep looking at it. The eyes are black and they gleam like a serpent. The mouth, it's V-shaped, saliva dripping from its rimless lips that seem to quiver and pulsate. The monster, or whatever it is, can hardly move. It seems weighed down by possibly gravity. The monster is raising up. The crowd falls back now. They've seen plenty. This is the most extraordinary experience. I can't find words. I'll pull this microphone with me as I talk. I'll have to stop the description until I can take a new position. Hold on. Will you please, sir? I'll be right back in a moment.
This is Sarah Lapsley. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM. We are bringing you an eyewitness account of what is happening on the Wilmoth Farm, Saskatchewan. Now, back to our correspondent, Professor Pearson. Ladies and gentlemen. Am I on? Ladies and gentlemen, here I am, back of a stone wall that joins the Wilmoth Farm. From here, I guess, sweep of the whole seat, and I'll give you every detail, as long as I can talk. As long as I can see. More police have arrived, uh, they're drawing up a cordon in front of the pit, about 30 of them. No need to push the crowd back now, they're willing to keep some distance. The captain's conferring with someone, they're studying the object. Police personnel are advancing with something in their hand. I can see it now, it's a white handkerchief tied to a pole. A flag of truce. If those creatures know what that means, what anything means. Wait! Something's happening! A hump shape is rising out of the pit. I can make a small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? There's a jet of flame springing from the mirror and it leaps right at the advancing men. It strikes them head on. Good lord! They're turning into flame! Now the wolf wild is catching a fire. The woods, the barns, the gas tanks of automobiles, it's spreading everywhere. It's coming this way, about 20 yards to my right. Professor Pearson? Professor Pearson? Ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from Moose Jaw. Evidently, there is some difficulty with their field transmission. However, we will return there at the earliest opportunity. The latest update from the Intercontinental Radio News indicate that scientific experts believe the explosions on Mars are undoubtedly nothing more than severe volcanic disturbances on the surface of the planet. We now continue our live broadcast of the supergroup pop-punk concert from the Bowery Ballroom in New York City.
Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been informed that at least 40 people lie dead in a field east of Moose Jaw, their bodies burned and distorted beyond all possible recognition. The next voice you hear will be that of Brigadier General Montgomery Smith, commander of the provincial militia. I've been requested by the Premier of Saskatchewan to place the counties as far west as Swift Current and east to Easter Haven under martial law. Four companies of provincial militia are proceeding from Saskatoon to Moose Jaw and will aid in evacuation of homes within the range of military operations. Thank you. You've just been listening to Brigadier General Montgomery Smith commanding the provincial militia in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. According to reports, the strange creatures, after unleashing their deadly assault, crawled back into their pit and made no attempt to prevent the efforts of the firemen to recover the bodies and extinguish the fire. The flames are menacing the entire countryside. We have been unable to establish any contact with our mobile unit in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, but we hope to return you there at the earliest possible moment. Wait. Ladies and gentlemen, we have just re-established communication with an eyewitness of the tragedy. Professor Pearson has been located at a farmhouse near Old Wives Lake, where he has set up an emergency observation post. As a scientist, he will give you his explanation of the calamity. The next voice you hear will be that of Professor Pearson. Of the creatures in the rocket cylinder at Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, I can give you no authoritative information either as to their nature, their origin, or their purposes here on Earth. Of their destructive instruments, I might venture some conjectural explanation for want of a better term, I shall refer to the mysterious weapon as a heat ray. It's all too evident that these creatures have scientific knowledge far in advance of our own. It is my guess that in some way they are able to generate an intense heat in a chamber of practically absolute non-conductivity. This intense heat they project in a parallel beam against any object they choose by means of a polished parabolic mirror of unknown composition, much as the mirror of a lighthouse projects a beam of light. That is my conjecture of the origin of the heat ray. Thank you, Professor Pearson. Ladies and gentlemen, an update on the breaking news. The National Red Cross report 10 units of Red Cross emergency workers have been assigned to the headquarters of the provincial militia stationed just outside of Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Police reports suggest that the fires are now under control. We take you back to Brigadier General Montgomery Smith from the provincial militia headquarters in Saskatchewan. This is Brigadier General Montgomery Smith, attached to the provincial militia, now engaged in military operations in the vicinity of Moose Jaw, just north of Old Wives Lake. Situation arising from the reported presence of certain individuals of unidentified nature is now under complete control. The cylindrical object which lies in the pit directly below our position is surrounded on by all sides by eight battalions, battalions of infantry, without heavy field pieces but adequately armed with rifles and machine guns, all cause for alarm if such cause ever existed. is now entirely unjustified. The creatures, whatever they are, do not even venture to poke their heads above the pit. I can see their hiding place plainly in the glare of searchlights and gunfire.
Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Saskatchewan farmland this morning are the vanguard of an invading army from the planet Mars. The battle which took place today at Moose Jaw has ended in one of the most startling defeats ever suffered by any army in modern times. 7,000 armed men with rifles and machine guns pitted against a single fighting machine of the invaders from Mars, 120 known survivors. The rest strewn over the battle area from Moose Jaw to Esterhazy, crumpled and trashed to death under the metal feet of the monster or burned to cinder by its heat ray. The monster has advanced and is now in control of Saskatoon, cutting the province through its centre. Communication lines are down throughout, railroad tracks are torn, and bus service has discontinued between Regina and Saskatoon. Highways to the north, south and west are clogged with frantic human traffic. Police and army reserves are unable to control the mad flight. By morning, the fugitives will have swelled Edmonton and Calgary, it is estimated, to twice their normal population. At this time, martial law prevails throughout Saskatchewan. We take you now to Ottawa for a special broadcast on the National Emergency Network. This is the Minister of the Interior. We're waiting for the Minister of in the Interior, who's going to be doing an address to the nation. Citizens of the nation, I shall not try to conceal the gravity of the situation that confronts the country nor the concern of your government in protecting the lives and property of its people. However, I wish to impress upon you, private citizens and public officials, all of you, the urgent need of calm and resourceful action. Fortunately, this formidable enemy is still confined to a comparatively small area, and we may place our faith in the military forces to keep them there. In the meantime, placing our faith in God we must continue the performance of our duties, each and every one of us, so that we may confront this destructive adversary with a nation united, courageous, and consecrated to the preservation of human supremacy on this earth. I thank you. You just heard the Minister of the Interior speaking from Ottawa. We are now experiencing radio silence from the centre portion of Saskatchewan due to the effect of the heat ray upon power line and electrical equipment. The International Astronomical Community report continued gas outbursts at regular intervals on the planet Mars. Majority voiced the opinion that the enemy invaders will be reinforced by additional rocket machines. Attempts have been made to locate Professor Pearson, who has observed the Martians at close range. It is feared he was lost in the recent battle. The latest bulletins inform me that military scouting planes report three Martian machines visible through the treetops, moving north towards Regina with the population fleeing ahead of them. Advancing at express train speed, invaders pick their way carefully. They seem to be making conscious effort to avoid destruction of cities and countryside. However, they stop to uproot power lines, bridges, and railroad tracks. Their apparent objective is to crush resistance paralyze communication, and disorganize human society.
we've just received another update from outside of Lloydminster, Alberta. Caribou hunters have stumbled upon a second cylinder similar to the first embedded in the Wilmoth Farm near Moose Jaw. Army field pieces from the Edmonton Regiment are acting to blow up the second invading unit before the cylinder can be opened and the fighting machine rigged. Another bulletin from the BC-Alberta border. Scouting planes report enemy machines, now three in number, increasing speed westward, kicking over houses and trees in their evident haste to reach the Pacific, Asia, and beyond. A fleet of armed forces bombers have been deployed carrying heavy explosives in pursuit of the enemy. Just a moment, please. Ladies and gentlemen, we've made contact with the artillery line in the eastern portion of BC to give you direct reports in the zone of the advancing enemy. In a few moments, we will take you to the battery of the 22nd Field Artillery, located in the Rocky Mountains. This is Sarah Lapsley on CITR 101.9 FM, keeping you abreast of the breaking news. There has been an enemy invasion from the planet Mars. The enemy is now being engaged by armed forces outside of Lethbridge, and another enemy contingent are quickly advancing west, pursued by jet fighters. A heavy black fog hangs close to the earth of extreme density, nature unknown. Enemy continues to push west, deploying the deadly heat ray. The evident objective is Vancouver, B.C. The military planes are planning an aerial attack. CITR will take you back to the live action at the B.C.-Alberta border. Power station. Teams are close together now and we're ready to attack. Planes circling, ready to strike. 
thousand yards and we'll be over the first. Eight hundred yards. Six hundred. Four hundred. Two hundred. There they go. Giant arm raised. Green flash. Spraying us with flame. Two thousand feet. Engines are giving out. No chance to release bombs. Only one thing left. Drop on them, plane and all. We're diving on the first one. Now the engine's gone. Eight. I'm speaking from the roof of the Student Union Building at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, BC. The alarms you are hearing are to warn the students to evacuate the campus as the Martians approach. We've lost communication to the eastern parts of the province. No more defenses. Our army wiped out. Artillery, Air Force, everything wiped out. This may be our last broadcast. We'll stay here till the end. Now, I look out at the inlet, all manner of boats overloaded with the fleeing population pulling out from the marina. Looking over the city, I can see that the streets are all jammed. Crowds, like New Year's Eve in the city. Wait a minute. Enemy now in sight, advancing from the South Surrey area. Five great machines. The first one is crossing the Fraser River. I can see it from here, wading across the Fraser like a man wading through a brook. A bulletin is handed to me. Martian cylinders are falling all over the continent. One outside of Toronto. One outside of Philadelphia. One in Miami. Now, the first machine reaches the shore. He stands watching, looking over the city. His steel cowlish head is even with the skyscrapers. He waits for the others. They rise like a line of new towers on False Creek. Now, they're lifting their metal hands. This is the end now. Smoke comes out. Black smoke drifting over the city. People in the streets see it now. They're running for the ocean. Thousands of them dropping in like rats. The smoke is spreading faster. It's reached Robson Square. People trying to run from it, but it's no use. They're falling like flies. Now the smoke is crossing through the trees into the university area. 100 yards away. 50. 20 yards away. Farewell. momentous occasion, CITR will be transmitting 24 hours of radio art. Put on your art party hat and celebrate with artists all over the world by tuning into 101.9 FM in Vancouver or CITR.ca. From midnight to midnight, audio experimentation and sonic subversion, 24 hours of radio art, Sunday, January 17th on CITR. You just listened to a CITR presentation of Sarah Lapsley and the Mercury Theatre on the Air in an adapted dramatization of The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Thank you so much to my actors who performed on incredibly short notice. 
Kai Corvella played military Brigadier General Montgomery General Smith. Well, Brigadier General Montgomery Smith. Special guest star John Worcester, thank you, played Minister of the Interior. Gak from Exploding Head Movies was Professor Pearson. He did a fantastic job, and you can listen to his fabulous show. It airs every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. My mom played Professor Maxwell. So thank you for tuning in to 24 Hours of Radio Art. We've got another few minutes left until noon. So that was really fun, and I look back to being on CITR more regularly. So we're going to kind of get back to some space rock, see you out with some awesome space rock. I'm going to play one of my favorite artists, Ace Fraley from KISS, the original Spaceman. This is actually a newer track. Probably you've never heard it. It's called Space Invaders by Ace Fraley. Thank you for listening on CITR 101.9 FM. Oh! 